0: What's up? It's The Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Kyle Tosk riding with you today. No Lante for today. He'll be back tomorrow. He's got a birthday to celebrate. He does? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I didn't hear you there. Check, check. Mike? Check, check. I don't hear you. Program, program. That's my fault. There it is. There it is. There he is. I was here the whole time. I was riding solo for a second. I was scared. You said Lon has a birthday to celebrate? Yeah, he's celebrating my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. I turned 33 today. It's uh, my Larry Bird year coming up, as I've been saying. I might grow out a mullet like my son did for his Halloween costume. (laughs) I probably shouldn't do that. Um, How long would that take you? It would take me a long time. Probably through the end of the basketball season, so I don't know that... I could get through this one, and WCIA would wouldn't say like, yeah, we can't put you on camera anymore. Uh, but definitely by the, by the fall, then you know that'd be a problem. But uh, I say that kiddingly, and I'm not uh, trying to hunt out some. Let's make this uh, Derek Piper's birthday show, but uh, kind of in honor of it, I guess we're going to talk some Chicago Bears as we go along. We'll have Aaron Lemming from the Bear Report, our guy. I'm excited to discuss Justin Fields and a Bears team that's played a lot better over the last couple of weeks and are on the outside of the playoff picture I mean it would take them running the table from here on out I know their schedule is very doable as it sits here right now but just kind of interested to get Aaron Lemming's updated judgment on Matt Eberflus on Justin Fields the ongoing conversations surrounding what the Bears would do with the number one overall draft pick so look forward to doing that as we go along a ESPN 93.5 alum, Trevor Valise, now with Field of 68, is going to join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour to just catch up with him, man. I I always love talking to Trevor, and uh, he's so involved uh, with their national broadcast they do on the Field of 68, so we can talk college basketball on the whole and just what's up with him, so look forward to doing that. And uh, anything else you got in mind, 217-359-2255, on the U of I line, of link text line. Anybody wants to call in and sing me "Happy Birthday"? I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Uh, we'll, we'll not open up the text line or the the uh, phone lines for that. I'm down to take
1: Happy Birthday calls. Yeah, yeah, okay. Someone wants to show off the pipes, but over the phone <laughs> line. Yeah,
0: we have to, we need a more effective screening process. See, all right. uh you can't sing. Sorry, you can't go on there. But not that I can sing either. We have
1: to pick it up during the break, and you have to audition <laughs> your your song,
0: and then we'll put you on. There you on. go. There you go. But uh, let's start off on an interesting development today as far as college athletics goes, and you're going to see somewhat of an impact. I mean, I, I don't know that it's going to change the result of, of certain games in the next coming weeks, but there was, as Wade's pointing out here on the U of I line-link text line it, Look forward to kind of trying to, to make sense of, of this decision. But so as we know with transfer rules, as it stipulates, a one-time transfer is a, a free pass. You can go wherever you want. There's no questions asked. You can do that freely. If you're a grad transfer, you can do that just fine, even if you've already transferred before. If you graduate and then go on to a grad program somewhere else, no worries about getting a waiver. Uh, that is a a free pass to transfer. If you are tra- if you are transferring for a second time and you have not graduated, the NCAA rules stipulate that you have to sit out at your next destination. And, and we've seen, I, I know that when they came out with their guidelines, it was it, it, they set themselves up for a big mess because one of the only things that they put under an accept acceptable reason for being able to be eligible on a multi-transfer is a mental health argument. And I do think, and look, that you do open a can of worms with that because obviously we don't know what everybody, what any particular person is going through. And and it is important that we we do leave that open for certain instances. Um, There are obviously very specific cases where maybe it does make sense to give that person a waiver to go to a new destination. But uh, then you're 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 pretty much putting people in position to make these, these claims uh, of, of mental health um, betterment by being eligible. Um, and the NCAA, to their credit, they've been pretty strict, at least as far as what I can tell. A lot of people that were trying to get waivers in college basketball did not get them. And I know that there's been those players, like an Adam Miller, who were upset by not being able to move to another school and be able to be immediately eligible. So um, there have been some court cases recently. Uh, there's was a filing a West Virginia player uh, who was making his second move. Uh, I know that his coach, I believe, got fired. Uh, he was at – where was he at? He was at Montana State prior. So he was at Washington, then Montana State, and then transferred to West Virginia. Uh, he was not granted immediate eligibility for his second transfer – Uh, He was involved in a court case. There was another uh, couple of players that were involved in this. So uh, the gist of it is there was a West Virginia judge that ruled today that there's going to be a 14-day temporary restraining order against the NCAA's rule preventing these guys from playing. So long story short, over the next 14 days, there is now a, a grace period where until the next hearing, which is December 27th, to try to find further resolution on this, you're going to have guys that were previously ineligible now eligible to play over the next 14 days. Now, will that mean they'll be eligible the rest of the season? That is yet to be determined. But because of this happening in court, a guy like Adam Miller at Arizona State is now immediately eligible. Uh, Other guys like Andre Curbelo, who's been – sitting out at, at Southern Miss. I did see a release today from the Southern Miss program saying that they were going to consult their legal team and, and they haven't made a final decision on what they're going to do with Andre Curbelo as they want to try to navigate this and, and figure out what it means in, in case there there were gonna, was going to be any backlash, although the NCAA has come out and made a statement that they, during this time, based on the, the court ruling, they are not going to penalize or, or uphold this rule because the, the court says that there's a restraining order on that. So it's kind of confusing. And admittedly, I sit here and shake my head uh, at it because the ru- the rules have changed enough to where, as we know it, Kyle, th- there is a lot of player movement right now in college sports, especially the revenue sports of of college football and, and college basketball. You have NIL in there already. You have the fact that if you're a grad like a uh, – Marcus Damask, although he hadn't transferred before, but like a Justin Harmon who uh, had gone from JUCO, then to Utah Valley, but because he was a grad, he could then move to Illinois without having to sit out. Uh, not only the fact that we're talking about guys, you know, Quincy Garrier is another guy, Syracuse, then Oregon, then Illinois, beyond the fact that they've been granted COVID years to play five full years of college basketball or college athletics instead of four Based on this, so I feel like the players have gotten a lot here recently. They, there's been a lot of give back where I understand five years ago when you're talking about all the money that's being made in college athletics, all the, the movement that coaches can have, that, that players aren't allowed to have. The players have gained a lot here recently. This feels like a step too far. Like Where where do we draw the line now? If we're just going to give anybody the ability to transfer as many times as they want, what stops someone from going to four schools in four years what stops uh, any any kind of con, what 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 is going to establish any kind of continuity within a team or i mean even just the threat of someone leaving forget if they even do you could say hey you know if if my NIL doesn't boost by 25% every offseason i'm going to threaten to leave and maybe i do maybe i don't it's just this is crazy, Kyle. I'm interested in your take on it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot to unpack. I, I think going back
1: to even the off season when we had this conversation, I think we were on the same page in that it I think we accepted the fact that this one time transfer thing is going to it's going to be the future. College basketball guys are going to be able to move around one time without any type of penalty, and, and graduate transferring is always going to be there as well. And that makes plenty of sense to me. I think we also were on the same page that if a coach gets fired, we felt like that was a valid reason for guys to move around, even if it maybe was their second time. What I wanted to see in the offseason was if a guy was transferring a second time and there was no coach firing and he was just – Making a second move. He hadn't graduated, no coach firing. I wanted the NCAA to take a strong stand and say, You're not going to be eligible. Because if you don't do that now, then that opens the floodgates for anyone to move anytime. And if you deny a guy's waiver, then uh oh, well, why did this guy get to play, but I don't get to play? But now that's what's happening anyway, because the NCAA took a pretty strong stance on it, I felt like, for most second time transfers. But now it's opened them up to their. Battling two lawsuits, and all of a sudden, it, it doesn't feel like their rulings are going to be upheld here, and it seems like a situation where the longer this drags on, the NCAA is going to throw their hands up and say, "Just go ahead and play." And so, I don't know; it's it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I, and that's I don't know the details of some of the certain players that have been denied, and maybe what their situation is. I know that one of the bigger stories is the West Virginia big man who. Uh, filed a lawsuit against the NCAA um, and and was citing mental health and about how West Virginia was a, a perfect fit for him for a variety of reasons and that he made a video about it and posted it on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that, but I saw it and it it, it felt like okay, this makes sense. Uh, this is this is valid, but then that just that blurs the line in terms of okay, well then why isn't my reason valid, and why isn't my reason right. valid? Right. And at that point, you're just opening it up to, all right, everyone can play. Because if we if we draw the line here, then it's just going to keep getting moved, and we're going to open ourselves up to legal issues here, and, and now there's a precedent that's been set here with this ruling. But I, I just don't really understand, like, moving forward, is does this mean that for 14 days these guys can play, but then there's a chance that – two weeks from now, the NCAA wins and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're ineligible. Well, what if they played three games now? Did they lose a year of eligibility for playing three games? Ah, it's interesting. Yeah. Or are they, our team are the, these players that are currently affected by this, are they just going to wait the 14 days and not play to not risk anything? Or are they just going to jump out there and someone's going to be in the lineup on Saturday night who was ineligible before? I
0: I don't really know what this is going to lead to. I think that, the NCAA would have to then backtrack and say, all right, this was a, a free grace period. Everyone's going to get to to play. And then based on the ruling, if the NCAA comes out in favor and upholding their multi-year, their multi-transfer rules, that then you're just going to have to say, all right, you're going back to sitting. We're going to just say the three games that you played, you played in them, hope you enjoyed them, but you know. You're out the rest of this year, and you're not. But you're not going to be counted for a year based on a three-game sample size. So uh, I think now with the NCAA's comments on it, to say that they're not going to with they're not going to uphold it, uh, I think there would be the understanding that if it swings back the other way, you wouldn't burn a a year for playing three games. But uh, that is part of the the complicated thing with it uh, as well. And uh, one of the West Virginia players, it's probably a different one. That we're siding here. I'm not sure if it's the same guy, but uh, Raquan Battle is that's who I'm thinking. Okay, of. so he he's the one mentioned in uh, the court case uh, today that involves a couple of different players, but uh, his in particular uh, was noted uh, towards the as as a headliner here. And uh, he, so his his situation I can understand. He was at like I said, he was at Washington. The Montana State Montana State's coach after last season leaves Montana State to go to Utah State. So I've oh, I've long thought like before there was even the one time transfer rule, and I, I believed this, and I, I wasn't fully on board with the the one time go anywhere type of thing. Now that's now that it's happened, I don't have a problem with it, and I understand it uh, as far as you know what you're what you're given to the players to uh, be part of this this operation and whatnot. And I, look, it's worked out well for some programs out there to try to bridge the gap in between some some cycling's through your roster, and it allows you to rebuild quicker and go into the portal and make some things happen, stay older, whatnot. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. It's it's definitely been beneficial to Illinois. It's been beneficial to a lot of schools out there. But uh, I long thought if a coach left, I thought that player who went there to play for that coach should be able to leave and go somewhere else. Now, it does get complicated if you have players who, all right, this guy, his first stop, then his coach gets fired – and he goes to another place, and well, what happens if that coach gets fired? Does he then get to continue to to move on? But uh, to me, that makes sense.
1: Then there's also the factor of like, well, in in this situation, well, your coach left for Utah State. Why are you going to West Virginia? What's the connection there? Like, you're not following the coach, so is it – but I I, I agree. I don't really know if that should matter as much, but – when the NCAA is is reviewing these waiver applications, aren't these things that they're weighing? Like, is this a reason why this player wasn't inel- was not ineligible originally was because the NCAA was questioning, well, yeah, your coach got fired, but you're going to West Virginia.
0: So wh- wh- what's the reasoning behind that? I understand where you're coming from when that goes. Uh, like, if the coach meant so much to you, why are you not – trying to follow him to the next destination. It wasn't – I think there was – was there at one point a rule that if a coach left, he, like, couldn't take his players with him? Was that a rule? I don't know. I feel like we see it all the time where coaches do take players with. Mm. Them. They do. But, yeah, I, I get that part of it as well. So, I, it's complicated. It, it just – it feels like it's too, it's too much. It, too much to just blanket say, all right, because of this – Court ruling, and I don't understand why the the court system can come in and just say this is the way it's going to be in the NCAA because this is against the law. I mean, I know that one of the arguments that I think that this player is making is that, well, you're hurting my revenue making ability. I, not only in terms of like mental health and whatnot, it's there is in this article on Yahoo Sports. He is quoted as saying, it's harder to make money instead of not playing this season. Uh, Battle compared his NIL contract at West Virginia to an employment contract and says the NCAA is preventing him from accessing his full payment. I quote, I'm not going to get what I signed up for, end quote. Now, what's funny about that is that the NIL, in theory, based on how it's supposed to work, we all know the reality of it. It was supposed to be implemented not as a pay-for-play. It was supposed to be, you know, as far as making money off your likeness, endorsements, that kind of deal. Uh, the reality is that it is pay-for-play in most senses, especially the most big money type of agreements. So uh, what he is saying is if I don't play at West Virginia, the people that had an agreement to pay me a certain amount of money to, to go there aren't going to pay me that. I'm not going to make the money that I would have made and that even underlies or uncovers if we even need it to be uncovered, the reality of nil is that it's it's largely pay for play now do people make money off the top by doing commercials and and different things like sponsored uh social media posts or appearances or autographs like yeah that that's that stuff definitely happens, but the reality too is that a lot of this stuff that goes on in the portal, when guys are trying to decide where to go, they're trying to see what they can make at certain places because it is a pay-for-play. If I go there, I'm going to make this much money. So, I, I don't – what's the answer, I guess? Like, like, what is – I know um, RJ on the U of I line of text line says maybe contracts are the answer. Like, I, I think it, it – and it, and it even kind of touches on – I know we're going to have to catch a break here soon to get to Aaron Lemmy to talk – to switch gears and talk Bears, but – like there's an idea of what happens. There, there's another court case going on. Of doesn't it involve players getting a cut of the the school's money? And, and there's this whole idea too of like breaking away from the NCAA, especially for the mega conferences versus the NCAA. There's been recently reported about maybe the NCAA would be willing to have a different division or just a different subhead, whatever you want to call it different league a super league where all right in this tier you can pay guys like you're out of your own pocket you have a salary cap there's payroll and then in the the tier below that you don't do that um and maybe yeah contracts keep guys at at certain places because this is what this has gone beyond and in that
1: world would that be like a free-for-all in terms of transfer how many times you want we're not going to regulate this type of stuff because that's where the the bigger issue is right now right
0: I think to to r j s point and to make it more like this has gone beyond at first it's like okay, this is kind of like a free agency this is like a everyone has a one time opt out in their con, quote unquote contract, but now if you're gonna get to a situation where you can opt out as many times as you want, you can move as t- many times as you want the law says you can't prevent it, then you're going even beyond the freedom of movement that's in the pros. maybe if there are pro like contracts, okay, you sign. You go to Illinois, you sign a two-year contract for this much money, and maybe after two years you can re-up with them, or there's a there's an opt-out in there for a four-year deal, as a two-year opt-out, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that it would go that way, so that people are actually tied to the, their spots that they're going to.
1: But wouldn't wouldn't that open up a situation where all these high-profile players would only want to sign one-year contracts so that they could then Probably. test their value in the Probably. next off-season? So are, are you really going to sign a player to, like, a four-year deal, keeping them in Champagne, or are they all going to be like, well, I'll sign one year, but then, hey, no promises next offseason because maybe Kentucky's going to call me with more money, and I'll sign That's a fair. one-year yeah, contract I mean, with th- them. It, it
0: would be within – they would be using th- their that, market value, their power on that, that. That type of
1: world is something I never want to see. That would that would be just utter chaos, and it would it, it would completely feel like another professional sports league as opposed to – college athletics it it would lose the entire feel of college athletics if we're opening it up to purely contract-based play and and so I that seems like an extreme but I feel like there there's a situation here where we get a few years down the line and there is going to be some of these extremes are going to become more possible as NIL continues to grow and these players continue to build brands and, and these, these bigger programs continue to kind of rise to the top in terms of NIL and, and being able to basically, I mean, we all, we all know what's happening. These top programs are paying players and in the portal, they're, they're offering a certain amount of money come play for us. Like you said, it's pay for play. And is there ever going to be a point?
0: They're using it with their booster funds. Sure. And I'm,
1: I'm sure they're hiding it. You know, it's, they're, no
0: school's ever going to come out and say that. Right. But, well, yeah, right. Like I I think, I I think so right now you get it through your collective, you're using your alumni base to your advantage and all the, the rich boosters that maybe if you were a cheating program in the past, you were sliding that booster money under the table to get guys uh, to come to your program. Now you don't have to do it under the table. You can just do it through your collective and let big money people pay big money to get good players. You're just putting it under the NIL umbrella, basically. Right, yeah, and it's it's all legal. So I think that it will be interesting if you get to a point, maybe you maybe it would help in terms of regulation or, or just maybe an even or more even playing field to get it to where let's make the athletic departments pay these quote-unquote contracts or agreements, and then there's a salary cap. But, I mean, let's be honest, If whatever the, the – restriction is like there would be someone willing to go outside of it and say, all right, yeah, the salary cap is $10 million, but we got boosters willing to slide it under the table to get you more to come here type of thing. The last thing I want to say, we got to catch a break here again, like context matters and details matter. in all of these specific cases, I don't want to speak grandly about any, every player and act like I know what every player is going through and what all their stories are and, and everything. But I will say like, in general i I don't think it's right for you can make a mental health case out of anything like you know what makes people's mental health and, and mental happiness better when they get what they want like that's that's kind of the bottom line of it like is my quote unquote mental health better when I get told yes for whatever I want or I can do whatever I want Yeah I mean how how do you argue against that? So uh, people are taking this too far. To where they 're like well i didn 't get what I want, so you know i 'm I'm, I'm more bummed out i 'm not as happy, yada, yada, well, tough, you know what like I mean you went through like I, I hate to like pick on him in particular and admittedly i don 't know everything that he 's going through, but like Adam Miller to go from Illinois. It was a good situation. he leaves he goes to lSU he 's at lSU. And then he decides to leave again and go meet up with his former AAU coach, Nick Irvin, who's an assistant in Arizona State. He's making a mental health argument that, hey, you know, I should be, for whatever his grounds are, I should be eligible to Arizona State. Well, why? Like, is it because you'd be happier if you're eligible? I mean, everybody would be happier if they got everything that they wanted. But based on the rules, you shouldn't be allowed to move again and be eligible immediately. So sit out, work on your game. Yeah, you're going to be an old an old college junior when you thought maybe you're going to be a one and done, which was unrealistic and part of why you left anyway. Uh, but that's kind of where I'm at on that. I just feel like there's too many people out there trying to make these cases that don't really line up with what's going on. And and you could go on and on, and, but it, it would get ugly in terms of trying to trying to uh, highlight what I feel like is some people being disingenuous about the rules for or the, the grounds for why they should be eligible when they should really just take their medicine and, and just go with it. Yeah, I, I agree
1: with that. But that's why I also think like this ruling today, how does the NCAA ever regain control over this? Because It feels like now a situation where the NCAA can try to block as many two-time transfers as they want, but if they're going to get overruled in court and there's going to be lawsuits filed because, hey, I have a legitimate mental health issue right now and I should be able to play, and now this ruling seemingly sets a precedent like, yeah, these players are going to have a lot of success challenging the NCAA legally, and so how does the NCAA regain control over this? Is this a situation where we're headed to the NCAA throwing their hands up and saying – whatever go ahead and transfer twice that's what i'm worried about coming off of this but i'd want to i do want to kind of see where this leads to obviously we'll uh, this will probably be an ongoing battle all, mm-hmm. all year long
0: we can circle back to this by the end of the show it, we got plenty of you weigh in continue to if you want to 217-359-2255 on the u of i online link text line gotta catch a break we're gonna shift gears talk some chicago bears with aaron lemming our guy from the bear report coming up next this is the drive Want unbeatable prices
2: on your next furniture purchase, but also seeking that local hometown feel? Look no further than Kelsey Furniture in Tuscola. Customers rave about their friendly, established staff, as well as their great selection, amazing prices, and second-to-none delivery service.
0: They're a third-generation local business, and they've always got your best interests at heart. Find the look you love for less. Open 9 to 5, Monday through Saturday, but always available online at KelseyFurniture.com.
1: That's KelseyFurniture.com.
3: Don't miss your chance to cheer on Fighting Illini basketball this season. Deafening in here, 15,000, another sellout. We need all of Illini Nation to help us defend State Farm Center. And Illinois overcomes their largest deficit of the season. Great seat locations are still available for you to see Illinois basketball live this season. The Illini win it. Get your tickets today at FightingIllini.com.
4: Merle Norman brings sparkle and awe with the Winter Wonders Gift Collection. Every day is a beautiful new gift with the first ever 12 Days to Beauty Advent Calendar. For your favorite gloss lover, the Dreamy Lip Set comes with a collector's cosmetic bag. For skin enthusiasts, the Good Night Skin Set features deluxe sizes of anti-aging complex night cream and eye cream. Shop limited edition gifts while supplies last. 706 West Market View Drive in Champaign for Merle Norman. Illini
3: fans, taste what's special about Jets Pizza by ordering any of their specialty pizzas for $5
0: off. That's right, save $5 on all specialty pizzas like the barbecue chicken pizza, chicken grill to perfection, premium mozzarella cheese, bacon, red onion, and BBQ sauce. All piled onto Jets' amazing crust made from dough they make fresh every day.
3: There's also their super special all meaty chicken bacon ranch and more, all $5 off. Make your day special and order a Jets specialty pizza for $5 off. You moved into your new home using two men in a truck. The garage was clean. Then.
4: I love the new recliner. What are we going to do with this old one?
3: Put it in the garage for now. Over time, this cycle continued. Garage for now. Put it in the garage for now. Put it in the garage for now. Put it in the garage for now. It It happens. You got junk. Call two men in a truck to get rid of all your junk. Residential or commercial, two men in a truck has a solution for your junk removal. Contact them at twomenchampagne.com. Two men in a truck. Looking to supercharge your business with digital marketing? Hi, I'm Stevie J. And in 40 years of radio, one thing has remained the same. We deliver real results for our clients. And your business is our business too. I'm excited to announce Stevie J. Digital, your digital marketing partner. Aside from our tried and true radio campaigns, we offer website building, social media management, search engine optimization, search marketing, logo design, and brand management. Our expert digital marketing team is here to maximize your online potential and help grow your business. That means our web developers will create a stunning user-friendly website that leaves a lasting impression on your visitors. So the secret to growing your business in 2024 is an email away. Contact diane.ducey, diane.ducey, at sjbroadcasting.com and let us show you what we're offering on digital marketing in 2024. That's diane.ducey, d-u-c-e-y, At sjbroadcasting.com.
2: Welcome to Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. Hi, I'm looking for a refrigerator. When you buy from us, you get the whole store. Oh, yeah, well, I just need a refrigerator. Don't need the whole store. But you get it. The whole store. My kitchen is only about this big. You get me. Hello. All those delivery, installation, and service technicians and back. Wow, all those people? The Dick Van Dyke 5-10-year protection plan, which means in the unlikely event something goes wrong in the first five years, your repair cost is nothing. Nothing? 10 years parts coverage on the major components. like I'm getting more than the refrigerator today. Um, how much does this whole store cost me? Nothing. Come on. For real. We guarantee to beat any competitor's deal, all that other stuff we talked about, like our service tax. And your 5-10 year protection plan. All included. I'm Dennis and
3: chairman of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. And when we say you get the whole store, we mean the whole store.
4: Wow! Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. You buy from us, you get. Illini fans taste what's special about Jets Pizza by ordering any of their specialty pizzas for $5 off. That's right, $5 off on all specialty pizzas like the barbecue chicken pizza. Chicken grilled to perfection, premium mozzarella, bacon, red onion, and barbecue sauce all piled onto Jets' amazing crust made from dough they make fresh every day. There's also their super special all-meaty chicken bacon ranch and more all $5 off. Make your day special and order a Jets specialty pizza for $5 off
3: here's what somebody recently said at pards in urbana i was there just a few minutes and somebody came up and asked if i needed help and they were incredible helped me find the size of boot i needed and then i bought a second pair too everything was friendly everything was excellent visit pards in urbana 206 north maple between maine and university in urbana it's pards western shop since 1968 or go online and visit pards.com pards.com
0: Bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Circus Sports is now available in Illinois. Hi, I'm Derek Stevens. I've been a lifelong sports bettor and I'm the owner of Circus Sports. We're excited that the Circus Sports app is now ready for action. Experience big app bets with high betting limits, tight money line splits, and more. Now you can download, fund, and bet like a pro from anywhere in Illinois. Download your new bookie today at circusports.com. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER or text ILGAMB to 833-234. The drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 935. Excited to go to the Tapman's Towing phone line. Let's talk some Chicago Bears. Don't look now, Kyle. The Bears have a longer win streak than the current one of the Miami Dolphins.
1: Oh, great. Sorry. Had to hit me with that one. Yeah, though.
0: you're good. You're still in first place, and we're we're five and eight. But Aaron Lemming of the Bear Report. The Chicago Bears are playing some decent football, and I'm I'm excited. Aaron, I'm sure that's made your job more exciting. Uh, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. And uh, what do you think about what you've been watching here recently?
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on as always. Um, yeah. Now everything is uh, everything's going good here. Actually, making the trip to uh, Cleveland this weekend, so that'll be fun. Nice. But yeah, it's uh, a lot more exciting times around the Bears. I mean, obviously, they're still five and eight. Uh, you know, outside outside shot of making the playoffs, but it, it it seems like more than anything, looking big picture here, it seems like they might have finally turned a little bit of a corner.
0: Let's start with that. In terms of what do you think is the the biggest reason that the Bears have played a lot better football of late to win? You know, their last two they were really good uh, in that game against Detroit, where they I mean they they blew it, but they were very very competitive in that game, and I, I think they've won three out of their last four, have they not? Uh, so yeah, they
2: have. Uh, what what do you think is the biggest
0: football. reason?
2: Well, you know it. I I think you can point to a few things I think one of the most cliche things and I think it does hold true to a certain extent is they're finally learning how to win football games because I mean let's just go back You know, throughout their schedule, obviously those first two weeks were pretty. Well, actually, really the first three weeks were pretty rough. But they they had that game against uh, you know Denver in week four where they blew a twenty eight to seven lead. And frankly, I mean, I think that's a game that they one hundred percent win now. I think they probably put that game away way earlier. It doesn't get to the point of even being close game. Um, And obviously, you got the game against Detroit uh, a few weeks back in week eleven. And there are a lot of there. I mean, really, you can go back through a lot of the games over this last like you know nine, ten game stretch where ultimately they've been in a lot of these games. They just haven't found a way to be able to win the game. I mean, look at the New Orleans game. Look at the first uh, Minnesota game. I mean, those are games where ultimately they probably should have won, and they didn't do so. So I think you know the talent level has always been better than what they played. I think it's considerably better than it was last year. Uh, but I think part of it is, you know, this coaching staff, especially Matty Bufloos on the defense side of the ball, finally getting this team to play up to their talent level. And I think that, at least objectively speaking, I think, you know, it's one of those things where I think if you look at the talent on this team and you put a good coaching staff, I think you're probably looking at a 7-1 team right now. So I think it's finally just all kind of fallen into place. We'll see if it'll last. But I think that Bears fans should feel at least relatively optimistic that things seem to be trending in the right direction.
0: Aaron, I know one of the things that's changed, at least in terms of the roster makeup, Montez Sweat being traded, of course, from the commanders, second-round pick. I know that that was criticized at times. Like, okay, are you you giving up money? Are you giving up a pick for a guy where you're in a season that's, that seems lost? And also, maybe you could have got him in free agency and how that would work. Oh, by the way, you need to resign him to make it all worth your while. Well, they resigned him, and he's been really, really good. And how much is he impacting what the Bears are doing defensively to now they – within this window since they've added him, I believe they've been a top-ten defense.
2: Yeah, well, I think, you know, the defense was definitely starting to come together before they added them. But I think that having that that true edge rusher that teams have to account for as far as double teams I think has is, is really been a big thing because he's, he's been a multiplier. Not only does he have three-and-a-half sacks uh, in the four games that he's been with the team – but he's also, you know, it's like guys like Jermon Dexter are playing much better football. Uh, Zach Pickens has been playing better over the last few weeks. Um, you know, just kind of looking around to Marcus Walker has been playing better football. Justin Jones, all of a sudden, I mean, he looks like a completely different player. I mean, I, I think that that term multiplier really comes into play when you finally see It's like they have, they've had a, a talented secondary this entire time. They've had a talented linebacking core. Uh, obviously injuries have been a little bit of this and, you know, that, that kind of goes into the equation as well. But I think overall you're looking at a healthier team, but I think you're also looking at a, a, a defensive front, especially that is finally getting after the quarterback. I mean, they stopped the run all year, but now they're finally getting after the quarterback. And I think that that's made a huge difference to where, you know, ultimately this uh, no defense out there is going to be overly successful if they can't get after the quarterback. So I think really winning at the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball has been big. And frankly, I mean, I think you could kind of make this, the same argument on, on the offensive side of the ball as well. I mean, their offensive lines has been playing a lot better. It all starts in the trench.
0: I do want to ask you one more on the defensive side. I know uh, PFF tweeted out today that the highest graded corner on the season so far is Jalen Johnson, a guy that's looking for a new contract, a guy that at one point was was talking trade potentially if the Bears weren't going to give him that. How good has he been, uh, and how crucial is it going to be for the Bears to make sure he's in their long-term future?
2: Yeah, well, I think I think uh, Ryan Poles made a little bit of a calculated gamble, and I think he lost that gamble. I, I think when you when you go back, you know, near the trade deadline, they were talking contracts is very clear, even though he said that they never really exchanged actual offers, it was very clear that they were they were off evaluation, right? I mean that it is what it is. And and, and I don't blame Ryan Foles. I mean here's the thing. Jalen Johnson coming in from Utah as a second round pick, uh, you know, he, he had a lot of talent, but I mean durability was a concern, and then just overall consistency was a concern. I mean we've seen that at parts this year too, but I think that we're finally starting to see somebody who has been playing with confidence in my opinion over the last season and a half for one but two he's finally hitting a stride he's finally making interceptions now obviously there's been like two pick-sixes that he should have had that he dropped but there's a reason he's a corner and he's not a receiver right i mean he's corners are usually not known for their hands so i'm not going to hold that too much against him but i mean he's been outstanding in coverage i think they've been on the mix-up coverage a little bit better this season now they have more talent on the defense side of the ball but I mean, just the overall confidence that he plays with, and, you know, it, I, I think it has helped to a certain extent that Tyreek Stevenson, you know, being a rookie, they've targeted him a lot more. Um, but, you know, he's he's been playing on a super high level, and I think ultimately that gamble that Ryan Foles made saying, hey, we value you, and again, I'm just throwing out numbers here, you know, we value you as this, you know, 15 to $60 million a year corner. Uh, Jalen Johnson valued himself, you know, let's just say, in the $19 to $20 uh, million realm. I think now that's where contract start and you know it it is at this point but luckily they've got the franchise tag to be able to simply say hey if we can't come to contract extension we're going to tag you we're not letting you get out of town i think that that's probably the best uh you know probably the best and most likely solution right now and then they can work on a contract extension uh you know as it gets closer to july
0: Aaron Lemming is our guest on the Tapman's Towing phone line. Follow him on Twitter, at Aaron Lemming NFL. I wanted to give the defense their due, but it was killing me not to just dive right into the Justin Fields conversation. <laughs> Aaron, uh, I, I've been Team Justin Fields throughout. I'm not going to say it's been cut and dry. Like anybody on the other side of the fence is, is dead wrong, and they've always been. But uh, I've been riding with my guy, and my guy's been playing pretty decent football of late, uh, especially on Sunday against the Lions. What are you seeing from Justin of, of, of recent?
2: Well, I think that the the consistency is starting to be more there, right? And and this is shaping up, man. I, overall, this is it, this is shaping up to be a really interesting decision um, because I think if you went back to the beginning of the year and you said, "Hey, Justin Fields, he's going to be right in the you know low to mid nineties quarterback rating, uh, touchdown interception ratio is going to be closer to two to one," uh, you know, the, the passing yards are definitely going to there, there's going to be an uptick in you know, total passing yards per game. Uh, he's still running the ball well. I, I think a lot of people would have taken that the same way that if the Bears finished seven and ten, I think a lot of people would say, "Hey, they're on the right track, right?" But I think obviously the context of the season matters. The fact that he started off as slow as he did, uh, the fact that he had the injury where he missed four games with the dislocated, uh, you know, the dislocated thumb. It's it's been an interesting one, especially over the last few weeks, because I I don't think that he's played outstanding. Um, and obviously he had the, the, those two fumbles, um, you know, in that Minnesota game that were, that just can't happen. But then at the same time, it's like overall he's looked better as a passer. He's looked more confident as a passer. The rushing has still been there. Um, you know, he's, he's making, at least in my opinion, better decisions overall. And it's like even with that two fumble game, okay, you want to knock him for it, but he did something that he hasn't done since his rookie year, and that's leading the team down the field to win the game in the final two minutes of the game. So, It's been, like I said, I think the consistency of of him as a passer has definitely been better. I think at this point in time, really what this calculus is going to come down to is, is are they comfortable enough with his floor, which I think his floor has risen considerably since the beginning of last year. Are they comfortable enough with his floor, maybe knowing that the ceiling isn't going to be quite as high or consistently as high, or with that number one overall pick, which is the way things are trending, which is absolutely outrageous. I would not have guessed that at the beginning of the year. Or does it make more sense to simply hit the reset button and say, "Hey, we know we're taking a risk here. We're going to bet more on the upside of you know of a guy like Caleb Williams or Drake May or whatever the case may be, and we're also going to reset the contract and we're going to be able to do more, um, you know, around the roster." I mean, I, I think that that's kind of it's it's just a tough thing because I think that let's just say the Bears. Didn't, you know, weren't projected to have a number one and number two overall pick. I think you look at Justin Fields and say, hey, he's made strides all three years. Let's roll with him. We don't know if he's ever going to be that elite quarterback. We don't know if we're ever going to be able to win a Super Bowl because of him, maybe with him, but you know, not because of him, whatever the case may be. But with that number one overall pick and with the looming coaching change, depending on what happens over these next four weeks, the, the calculus is so complex right now that I don't think it's as simple as saying, well, Justin Fields has improved. He's shown enough you know, I, I just don't think it's that simple. Um, so I, I think anybody's guess is as good as anybody else's guess at this point, but I don't think it's, as, uh, it, it's cut dry quite yet, even though he has improved proved it.
0: Aaron, of course, the the rest of the four-game sample size is going to matter a lot in terms of the the final evaluation and just which way this thing is trending momentum-wise into the off season. And I, I just want to get your lean. Like, do you have a lean right now? If you were in control, let's say it is going to be the number one pick, what would you do if you were in Ryan Poles' seat? Would you go with Caleb Williams or, or Drake May, or would you try to roll with Justin Fields and build around him? And whether that's going to be taking Marvin Harrison at one or trade now, what, what would you do as of right now?
2: Well, I, I'll be honest, and usually I'm very opinionated, I am very much undecided right now. I don't know that I lean one way or another just because, there are those four games left. And I, I need to know what they're doing with the head coaching spot, really. Right, and, right. and even if they keep Eberflues, what are they going to do with Luke Getze? Because I don't think you can run this back with Luke Getze and, and Justin Fields again. Agree. Here's what I will say. This is what I think that they are leaning towards right this five seconds. I think it's the season ended today. Uh, or if these performances stay about the same, let's just say they go two and two. Justin Fields keeps about the same numbers as what he has right now. You know, good but not spectacular. Not making any crazy elite plays, but also not turning the ball over. I think that they're going to end up. I, I think they're going to end up hitting the reset button. I, I, I just I think that unless Justin Fields goes out and really lights it up over these last four games, they go three and one, four and zero. Oh, they get in the playoffs. Whatever the case may be, uh, passing up the number one overall pick for a second straight year is really setting Ryan Poles up to be, you know, it's kind of one of those situations. It's like you can kind of get a hall pass on not taking T.J. Stroud last year because, frankly, I don't think anybody was taken at number one. I think he was always the number two quarterback. But if you do that again and you have that choice again and you decide to stand pat and you decide to trade down like he did this year, while the return may be great, if Justin Fields doesn't work out and Caleb Williams comes in or Drake May comes in and they're better right out of the gate than Justin Fields, There's going to be no excuse to be made at that point. Um, So I I think because of the risk involved, I think if the season was to end today or things trend in a similar direction to what they are right now, I do think that we are going to see a new quarterback in Chicago next year. I don't even know that's the right decision. I mean, there's a lot of risk involved with it. But again, this is more than just Justin Fields versus the number one overall pick. This is the second year going. This is what they're going to do with the coaching staff. What are they going to do with the offensive coaching staff? It's just a very complex situation.
0: That's well said. A few more minutes here with Aaron Lemming. Does great work for the Bear Report. Uh, I want to ask you, as a Bears fan, admittedly in my gut, even though the defense has been playing a lot better, and I give Iberflus credit for that, uh, there's a little bit of cringe in the idea, are the Bears going to play too well to where he keeps his job? Like, I, I don't know. Like, is that how, how do you view that? It, it, do you think that there can be a circumstance? Of course, if they went out and they like sneak into the playoffs, there would be really no argument that he's – deserves another year, but how do, how do you what, – what's your temperature on that, and, and what do you think this would have to look like for him to be able to get another year in Chicago?
2: Well, I think going into this four-game stretch with the two games against Detroit, the one game against Minnesota and the final game against Cleveland, I personally – I thought that that was kind of the tipping point one way or another. I had them going one and three, mm-hmm. and obviously they, they're two and one in that stretch. I mean, if they beat the Browns this weekend, they're going to be three and one. They're right in the middle of the playoff race. I expected, personally, I expected the Bears to finish right around five or six wins. uh, You know, kind of zooming out and looking at things right around the halfway point, and obviously they're already at five and eight. So, I I, my concern is right is that they go two and two down the stretch. That leaves you at seven and ten. Yes, there were some there. There was definitely some improvements, but at the same time, that kind of leaves you in that gray area, right? Because I mean, here's here's the reality: if if the Bears want to make a coaching change at the end of the year with that number one overall pick and with Justin Fields playing better that is going to be bar none the most popular job on the market I don't care if there's five teams I don't care if there's 10 teams looking for head coaches that will be the marquee job because of the flexibility because of the young talent because of what they can do at quarterback and that's and that's kind of the tough thing so I think right now trending I think that Matty Bufloos is going to find a way to save his job I really do I think that if they go 2-2, two and two, there's going to be some gray area, but I do think with the way that they've been playing, I, I think that they can justify it, especially if they find a way to beat the Packers in Week 18 and knock them out of the playoffs or whatever the case may be. Now, again, if they stumble down the stretch, if they go 1-3 and three and they start looking like they were in the middle of the season, then I think all of a sudden that argument kind of becomes, okay, they've made some improvement, they double the win total, but it's not enough. So I think really... I think two and two are better moving down the stretch. I, I, unless, they, unless something else happens, another coach gets fired or anything crazy happens, he's very clearly still got this locker room. And I think that that, that is going to be a very focused on aspect of this when it's all said and done. Um, I think we've seen some of these other teams, the way that they've played down the stretch, uh, you know, when they start losing football games and things don't go their way. So I would tend to lean either through Spain right now, but that's also with the assumption that I think that they're either gonna go two and two or three and one down the stretch, which sounds crazy because <laughs> I would have never said that coming out of the bye week two weeks ago.
0: I can't wait to watch it. Uh, And to say that, it seems crazy as well to be in December and say I can't wait to watch a Bears game against Cleveland. Hope you enjoy that one uh, as you make your way up there uh, for that game. And if they do win, I'll be dreaming of a Week 18 at Green Bay. Of course, you have to beat the Cardinals and the Falcons. But, uh, number one, I would love to make sure that the Bears are the reason the Packers don't go to the playoffs. And maybe even just an outside chance, it's for a Bears playoff. Uh, birth and and maybe for me as a justin field supporter that would be the the final nail in the coffin of okay you're not you're not drafting a, a quarterback number one because i'm the guy but uh Aaron, it's great to catch up uh enjoy the game this sunday and, and look forward to hopefully maybe we'll have you on again later this month after the holidays to talk about some meaningful football done the stretch
2: yeah absolutely as always appreciate you having me on and yeah hopefully we will be having this talk here in a few weeks and it
0: will it, it can only be positive right right yeah yeah no doubt well uh, we, we've had some others in the go the other way, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And obviously it's going to be a really interesting off season, but, uh, thanks for taking the time with us as always. And, uh, enjoy the, the holiday season and whatnot. And, uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you down the road, man. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Aaron. Aaron let does a great job for the bear report. Always love catching up with him. Let's catch a quick break. Finish out the hour. There was a question mark at the end of that, but I think it's a statement. Catch a quick break. Come back, finish it out. This is The Drive.
3: You moved into your new home using two men and a truck. The garage was clean. Then...
4: I love the new recliner. What are we going to do with this old one?
3: Put it in the garage for now. Over time, this cycle garage for now, continued. Put, garage for now. put it in the garage for
2: now. Put it in the garage for now. Put it in the garage for now. It, garage for now.
3: <laughs> it happens. You got junk. Call Two Men in a Truck to get rid of all your junk. Residential or commercial, Two Men in a Truck has a solution for your junk removal. Contact them at twomenchampagne.com. Two Men in a Truck. PDR Automotive has now been serving the Champion urbana area for over 50 years. To give you some perspective, 50 years ago ended the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War, and it was when Secretariat won the Triple Crown. So what does that mean for you and your vehicle? Whether you need a carburetor overhauled or your new vehicle computer system diagnosed or programmed, PDR Automotive has experienced, knowledgeable staff that can handle all your automotive needs. Online at pdrauto.com, they are what's best for your truck or car. They are... PDR. Local, personal, trusted. Hi, this is Atah Durakon with First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana, and we've been serving Champaign County since 1908. Our institution is safe, strong, and stable. We operate on a foundation of responsible and sound practices, and you can rest easy knowing we're your bank. Rated five-star superior by Bauer Financial, Inc., fast, friendly, and local. With local loan decisions and underwriting, if you're not already banking with us, give us a try, and we think you'll love it here. First Federal Savings Bank, 356bank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS, Four three five one two
0: zero. finishing up our one here on the drive with Tay and Piper ESPN radio ninety three point five hey who's that <laughs> who's that <laughs> oh well we better get familiar with them once you go on winter break you're coming up you're leaving tomorrow right tomorrow or Friday I am leaving tomorrow but I'll be here tomorrow okay I mean are you are you nervous uh, the show's gonna hold together while you're gone and it's gonna you guys gotta figure it out well it depends on your travel schedule too yeah. you got
1: some basketball to go see. I got
0: bragging rights coming up here right before Christmas and then other than that be at Purdue. Early January Purdue. At Purdue, yeah.
1: How massive a win
0: would that be? It's going to be really
1: hard, but man. That would be huge. That'd basically carry your whole season if you won at Mm. Purdue. Not saying you could sleepwalk through the rest of it. Right,
0: right, right. But that would be such a huge... Huge marquee signature win to go with a non-con that if it holds and you go through the next three, Colgate, Missouri, Fairley, Dickinson, and win, you don't have a bad loss in the non-con, you got a nice win against Florida Atlantic. You could be setting yourself – number. and then, I mean, if you put yourself in a position where you're going to beat Rutgers, beat Northwestern at home, and then you win at Purdue to start your Big Ten slate, then obviously you're having a real conversation about winning the Big Ten. I mean, you'd be two games up on Purdue too in mm-hmm. league because they've already lost Northwestern. That game will be huge. No doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah. All right. So coming up next hour, Trevor Valise, former producer of the show, going to join us, talk some college basketball among other things. And then we can circle around if you want to Revisit the transfer conversation. Anything else on your mind out there, 217-359-2255. Hit us up on the U of I Atlanta link text line. Trevor Felice on the other side. This is The Drive.